every day. And this, this isn't something I've intentionally like laid out. I'm just realizing that the days that work the best for me are when I balance my energetic input versus output. That's really what it is. And maybe it's more for the, the people out there who are all in the feels like me, you know, like I'm a very feeling and intuitive person. So finding this energetic input output balance is really what works for me. Hey there, I'm Renee, a self-proclaimed shopaholic turned minimalist. In just three years, my family and I downsized our house, paid off debt, and I learned to make passive income online so I could work anytime, anywhere. We did all of this in pursuit of a life of more freedom, flexibility, and fun. And the crazy part is, the more I detached from my stuff, the more I was able to let go of pesky habits like people-pleasing, saying yes to everyone, and being who I thought I was supposed to be rather than showing up authentically as who I am. That's why I want you to see the Unstuffed podcast not as a place for all things decluttering and organizing, but rather as a place where together we can unload it all. From donating those pants that no longer fit to bidding adieu to those relationships that have run their course, I want you to see our time together as a time where you can unwind, let go, come as you are, and there is no need to apologize for the mess. So let's shed some layers, drop some dead weight, and start living a little less stuffed. Welcome to the Unstuffed Podcast. My husband, Tom, and I have gotten in a really good routine of taking more walks together. Believe me when I tell you that I never thought I would be someone who counts their steps. But the truth is, I work from home and most of it is sitting on my butt all day and it was causing me a lot of health repercussions. So now I actually love aiming for that 10,000 steps per day goal. The other night we were walking and I told Tom that I loved the idea of having a step tracker because the app on my phone just wasn't cutting it anymore. But I didn't want a bulky tracker and I didn't want one that was connected to my phone because the last thing I wanted was constant alerts hitting my wrist every single second. I already work to distance myself from my phone because so much of my job is done in screens. When I was telling him this, I basically decided I was just going to have to give up the fight because I didn't think a step tracker that would work for me actually existed. But then I learned about the Aura Ring. The Aura Ring was something I had actually seen people wearing and thought was a really cute ring and didn't realize it was actually a step tracker. Not only does it track your steps, it tracks your temperature, your heart rate, your stress levels, so many other things all through the app. And the ring is really freaking cute. Plus you can choose what color you want. So if you're anything like me and you're not down with the tacky or chunky or constantly distracting step trackers that are usually on the market today, you can head to my site, reneebennis.com forward slash Aura, which is O-U-R-A, and learn a little bit more about the Aura ring. And then we could be like ring buddies. (laughs) Hey there, it's me, Renee. Welcome back to the Unstuffed podcast. I have been dying to share today's message with you guys because it's something I have been applying to my life. Um, And I think it kind of started kicking into gear after I spoke with next week's guest. Um, So make sure you're listening to that episode too. 
but I started to look at my life and my productivity in a whole different way. And I don't even know if I want to call it productivity, more just like maybe my sanity. (laughs) I started taking the time to pay attention more to my shifts in creativity and how I was operating on the day-to-day. So I am someone who has always said I'm an introverted extrovert. I've always said that. And I've always known things about myself, like when I've been, when I'm in a crowd or when I'm spending long times interacting with people, I need to come home and go into hermit mode. I need time to myself. I need that. I need to withdraw just a little bit. Like I know I've always known that that's how I create balance, but this new realization, the way I've been able to kind of shift it in my mind is such a game changer, you guys. And I really think so many of us could benefit from adapting this kind of new mentality that I'm going to share with you, which is input versus output and how this is a new way to look at creating balance in every area of our life. Like I said, you know, if I if I spend all this time around people, I need to come home and withdraw. Well, this input versus output is something I've started really paying attention to in so many other ways. And I really believe it can be so beneficial if you are someone out there who feels like you are in constant chaos or you get lost consuming like content on your phone, or maybe you're always busy, you're always moving, you're always exhausted, you never really feel like you're accomplishing anything. Like This can fit in so many different ways, so I really want to dive in and share with you. Like I said, this kind of started shifting my mind after my next week interview, uh, which you guys get to listen to. It's such a good episode. I really loved getting to talk to Nate Kemp. He's an author, and he talks about how he went out of his way to binge screen time. Listen in. It's so good. I love it so much. I've been reading his book, and just I think that idea of his overconsumption is probably what kind of made this all click in my mind. So I've also been reading a book called Dopamine Nation. I was reading this book to um, improve the content in my shopping rehab course that I have out to help people overcome shopping addiction. Um, And Dopamine Nation, she has a really great visual and I need a visual. I don't know if anybody else feels that way. Like if you want me to understand something, draw me a doodle and then I will figure it out. I will understand it so much deeper. So what she does is draw this seesaw and she talks about how um, our brains work to create balance. Like, and she does this, you know, a leveled seesaw is like maybe buying a few things, but you also kind of you know, pause your, or, but you're also budgeting on the back end. So you budget first and then you buy things. She doesn't necessarily give that example, but that's kind of fitting it with my shopping addiction analogy. But what she talks about how when we tend to overload, like shop, 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 shopping, shopping, we're tipping that seesaw, right? The seesaw is like hit the ground loaded with shopping bags. And then this other end is just up in the air. So we've hit the dopamine because that's what the shopping is. It's feeding our dopamine. It's feeding our happy, like happy, 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 makes me happy, makes me happy. But then what happens is our brain's natural response is like, okay, we really overloaded on the happy. Now we need to really overload on the sad. Um, So that's where like depression hits in. And then we have like maybe like the 
um, buyer's remorse crash. And this happens with anything. I'm like, not just shopping, but phones, gambling, um, you know, drugs, alcohol, sex. If we do too much of a good thing, we are going to face the repercussions. That's just how our brain works. So I loved having that visual because this is something I've known. I've always known that, um, you know, when I went crazy shopping, I always had a crash, but I didn't really understand that my brain was wired to work that way. Um, the book is so amazing. The Dopamine Nation book talks about um, how actually kind of finding ways to feed our pain, our to dive into the uncomfortable parts of life, to dive into that sadness, that, you know, that sad point versus just always feeding our happy. If we work to embrace the sad, uh, we can really help create that balance. And I have done this in my life in so many areas. I know I shared with you guys in my Halloween episode, um, the scary things that made me minimalist, where I talk about the hurts that I've gone through in my life. I don't know that I've ever really given a deep dive into how I've healed from the loss of two of my dads, um, I really, really should because diving into the pain of the, the loss of my second dad broke me open. I, I don't think I've ever been happier than I was after feeling so much sadness for like a month. Um, on the deepest levels. So I really think that's something we should talk about. And I think that's something we all need to work on embracing is not running away from the uncomfortable parts of life. But that's sort of a separate topic for a different day. I just wanted to kind of share with you guys that that dopamine seesaw. Uh, so you can kind of think about that in your life in terms of how much happy am I feeding right now? And that's kind of where this input output idea came from this combination of speaking with Nate Kemp and then reading the dopamine nation book because I started to realize I can feel when my seesaw is tipping. And I don't mean um, like feeding my addictions anymore. I don't mean feeding shopping or feeding alcohol. That's something I've created balance with that seesaw. I've learned how to maintain that balance. But my balance that I've noticed that gets out of whack is my input output, like my energetic input output. That's what we should call it. The energetic input output. Whoo! All right, I need to write that down so I don't forget. But this energetic input output of my energy and what I am giving to everything each day and finding a way to create balance between this is absolute key or I face that crash. Like I said, if I spend a week and I like hang out with one, if I hang out with like five friends in a week, all separate days, plus I'm showing up for my kids. Oh my gosh. Then I spend a week like where I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to work. I don't want to do anything. I just, I'm grumpy. So I made a list of the things I started to realize when I'm, when I'm in that too much input mode. So for me, that, that is, I think whenever I converse with somebody, I give them everything. I give them my all, like I give them my full attention and I'm just like operating at the highest levels unless I do too much. Then if you're interacting with me, I'm barely there, right? I'm not even showing up for you. And that sucks. I don't ever want to treat anyone that way. I always want to give all my, my best to everyone. And this is why I no longer do one-on-one coaching, um, because I realized I was so depleted. I was so depleted because I give so much. Um, But when I'm in those times where I'm doing too much input, 
No, I'm reversed. That's when I'm doing too much output, right? I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving. So I'm spending all my time listening to my friends. I'm talking to my friends. I'm hearing them out. I'm doing all the things. Then I'm coming home and I'm helping my kids with their homework. Um, and I'm creating. I'm, an, I'm a content creator. So I'm online recording. I'm recording podcasts or I'm recording TikToks. I'm putting together videos. And I realized when I get in that mode for too long and do too much of it, I start to not want to do a lot of the things that really bring me joy. I have a list here. Let me read to you from it. When I'm in that too much output mode, I feel depleted. Like I said, like I feel like all the energy has been siphoned from my body. And this doesn't necessarily mean because the people I've spent my time with are depleting me. I just deplete myself because I've given out so much. Um, I don't want to converse anymore. This is where like I hide in my bedroom. Tom can come home from work and be like, hey, I wanted to talk to you about something. I'm like, stop. Oh, you're so you're too much. <laughs> like, I just really don't want any additional conversations happening. This is when my kids are trying to talk to me and I can't hear them. Um, and, and I hate that. I want to be able to listen to my kids. I want to be able to hear what my husband has to say. But sometimes when I've gone into that too much output mode, I just like physically can't. It's making my brain hurt just talking about it. And I think if you, you know, I always say, if you're a mom, if you're a mom, but I just feel this so much when I was a mom, when I was a stay at home mom, I was energetically depleted because I was in constant output mode. And this is such a great way of saying it. People don't understand the draining factors of being a parent. If you're showing up for work and for your kids or for just your kids all day. Um, and that's when they say, you know, like a mom, moms tend to get touched out like too many people have touched me. Too many people have needed me. I almost can like just feel my skin crawling from those days when I had, when I was breastfeeding one and constantly feeding a toddler and changing diapers and they were clinging to me and crying on me and Tom would come home and like, you know, want to get a little something, something. And I'm like, get the hell away from me. Do not touch me. I do not want anyone else touching me. <laughs> right. That's how I feel when I'm in output mode even though I don't have the little ones anymore. I still feel that way if I'm overly creating content, spending too much time with other people. Um, you know, my kids need extra homework, that type of thing. I get depleted and I don't want to talk to anyone. I just want to lay in bed all day. I want to go into full blown hermit mode. And I don't think there's anything wrong with this. So if like you've been giving out all week long and you spend your Saturday just like, nope, my Saturday is my lazy day. I sit in bed. I don't do anything. I'm a vegetable. Great. Like if, I think that can be such a great way to create balance. And that's something I have done for myself in a way to create better slow living habits is give myself permission to slow down. It's not bad. I think we think we have to stay in that output mode because a lot of society, a lot of people see constant movement as productivity. But there are so many studies that show that the more we move, the more we do, we're actually less productive. We need that balance, just like kids need recess in schools and they're not getting it as often as they used to. We need to balance play and rest with productivity or the productivity fails. Uh it, it, it goes against everything we think. You know, my husband and I talk about this, how, you know, some days when they're behind in his job, they have to work Saturdays. And I, I've talked to him. I said, I can't help but wonder, maybe if you did not do Saturdays, maybe productivity would be better. But that goes against everything everybody thinks, right? 
uh, are the head, the high ups in his company going to be like, you're right. Our numbers are down. Let's work less. No, because it just doesn't make sense. But there's so much proof out there that shows that this actually does work. So we need to remember to do it for ourselves, not just for work when we're working, but for our whole life, for our social life, for whatever it is that is taking your energy, whether it's good or bad. And I've also noticed when I'm doing too much input, right? So like I look at it this way. So the output is like me giving to everybody else, me giving to others around me, me creating content, me showing up, right? I am giving of myself to the world. But I also get into these times where I have too much input, where I've maybe been like reading informative books. Like I said, it was reading Dopamine Nation and I've noticed myself start to slow down. I'm like, I cannot read any more of this book. If you're someone who hated like high school, like I did, I did not like learning. I didn't like reading textbooks. Um, I think it was just too much input. I was just constantly all day being fed with all this information that it's almost feels like my brain closes like a steel door and is like, nope, I cannot take any new information in. It's too much. After our family downsized our house, we started working to pay off debt and build an actual savings. Because for decades, I would transfer $100 to our savings account, but then I would end up transferring it right back to our checking when we had overspent. So when we downsized, I decided to get serious about saving money for things like emergencies and for fun things like travel. The first thing I did was open a high-yield savings account that was separate from our current checking account. That way, it wouldn't be as easy for me to just pull money out whenever I felt like I needed it, and I knew it would force me to take my spending and my saving a lot more seriously. So if you are in a similar boat and are hoping to up your game when it comes to saving money, one of the absolute best accounts to get started is called Savings Connect. This is a savings account that pays close to 5% when you set an automatic savings deposit of just $100 per month. This is 11 times the national average, which means if you use a current savings account that's attached to your checking, there's a good chance you are not making nearly enough money. So if you're at a place in life where you're committed to changing your financial future and you actually want to start getting some money in the bank, you can get started with a Savings Connect account for as little as $100. Just head to ReneeBennis.com forward slash save to learn more. And I will fill you in on all of the details. That's reneebennis.com forward slash save to learn more. And this is also something that's come true, you know, that we've come to see is true. We can only input so much. We can only retain so much information. So when I'm like constantly trying to read really informative books um, or like learning, oh my gosh, trying to teach my kids math when I sucked at math, I have had to relearn math. You guys talk about torture that it's just been awful, but it's not just like taking in books. It's maybe I think when I'm giving that output to other people, when I'm spending my time with them, I'm also doing a little bit of input. You know, maybe you have a friend who's going through a really hard time and they just dump all their feelings on you. And I'm okay with that. I'm the kind of person I don't care. I want you to dump your feelings on me, which is really weird. I need to work it out because sometimes I get burnt out on it when I have like a friend who dumps all her problems on me. And then I have one of my, like my daughter who like will dump all of her problems on me. And then Tom comes home and he wants to dump his problems on me. And I get to this point, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's too much but I don't want you to go to anyone else. (laughs) Maybe this is another thing I have to work out. I'm like, I want everyone to come to me with their problems. I want everyone to feel comfortable enough coming to me. Um, 
I want to know what's going on, especially with my family and like my closest friends. Um, it's so much better to me to know what's going on in their life than to be guessing, right? I don't know if you feel that as a parent or as a person or in, in a relationship. When Tom would come home in a bad mood, I would, my brain would decide what was going on, you know, or if my daughter would come home in a bad mood, my brain would decide what was going on. So when they come to me and they tell me what's going on, I feel so much more peace. I just want to know because then my brain can't spiral into all these things. So I want people to to dump their problems on me in a healthy way. You know, I don't want people who are constantly coming to me complaining, but someone who is open enough to say, you know, I've been going through this and it's been rough. I want that. But that's part of the input. I get to be, it gets to be too much input, reading, hearing everybody else's problems, but also consuming too much of other people's content, right? So if I've spent too much time on TikTok or too much time on Facebook, too much time on Instagram, I feel this physical shift happen. And that's what, so talking to Nate, Nate Klump for next, next week's interview, if you listen in, he talks about how, you know, there's so much proof and studies that show that our happiness depletes when when we are consuming too much, when we're sitting in front of the TV too much. It can cause so much damage. It causes us to spiral. And it's just so interesting to me. Uh, but I physically feel it. And I know we're not all the same. So maybe not everybody else can really feel the shift happen. But I have had to throw my phone physically from my hand because I can't stop scrolling. And, I, and I'm not even enjoying it. And it just feels gross. That's too much input. That's just... I'm consuming too much. Or if I sit on my butt and like watch movie after movie after movie all day, I start to like want to get up and run. And I remember doing that when I was a teenager. I think I would just sit and kind of watch movies all day because maybe my friends couldn't hang out or I didn't have a car yet or something. And I would put on tennis shoes and I would run around the block a few times. And I, I hate running. Let's just put that disclaimer out there. I do not like running. I am not a runner. That was not something I did as a kid. Um, nor do I do it now. But I think it was my, me trying to regulate that feeling of too much. I'm taking in too much. So when I'm in that input mode, I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want to read anymore. I don't want to take in any more information. I'm easily overwhelmed by new information. So if I'm already overwhelmed and Tom comes home and he's like, hey, you know, we have to get to this thing. We got to go do this. I, I can't hear him. I'm like, nope, I physically can't hear you. Uh, if my kids come home and they want to talk to me about something, I cannot take in any of the information they're trying to give me. And like I said, when I was a teenager, I get really antsy. I get this feeling of like my body's squirming and I want to scream at the top of my lungs. It probably is creating rage in my body because I'm just stuck in this input mode or I get like really easily distracted where, you know, maybe I'm like, but that's where I'm like going to the bathroom and I have to be on my phone. And then I go somewhere else and I have to be on my phone. And I'm like, I've been kind of feeling that distracted this past week um, where I've done such a good job of kind of helping my brain focus. That's part of minimalism and slowing down has allowed me to do that where I can f go from one task to another easily in a slow method. But this past week has been a little bit more where I'm like, what was I doing? I forgot what I was doing. And I'm bouncing all over the place. These are my signs that I am out of balance, whether it's too much input or too much output. So let's stick with the input. When I'm in that input and I have been reading and consuming other people's content and I have all the information, I recognize now those feelings, those depleted feelings, those antsy feelings, those angry feelings, um, 
the don't give me any more information kind of feeling. And when I start to recognize those signs, I know it's time for me to output. This is what we've been building up to. So I hope you're still listening to me. I, for me, output looks like creating content, recording a podcast, because a lot of times when I'm in that input mode, for me, it looks like getting new ideas and I'm writing those ideas down. I'm like, yes, yes, I should say this. I should say this. This is so good. This is so good. But my brain is full and I need to get it out. And that's why like recording this message, this input output thing has been bouncing around in my brain for at least a week. And now I'm here sharing it with you. I'm getting it out. That could also mean, you know, if I've been constantly like doing homework with the kids, I think I wrote some examples of these down too, of, you know, different ways that I found to create this balance between input and output, because I don't want to do the seesaw right? I don't think you guys want to do the seesaw. I don't think I want to burn myself out so much in one area and then immediately overcompensate in the other area and just keep going back and forth on this teeter-totter of input-output. That sounds really draining just all around. Then you're living in a constant state of being drained, right? Whether you're giving, 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 or just consuming, 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 consuming. Neither one is really happy. So I jotted down some ideas for you guys on how I've created this balance and maybe looking at it this way will be a helpful little mindset shift. So number one, I always try to find ways that allow me to do both input and output every day, like every day. And this this isn't something I've intentionally like laid out. I'm just realizing that the days that work the best for me are when I balance my energetic input versus output. That's really what it is. And maybe it's more for the, the people out there who are all in the feels like me, you know, like I'm a very feeling and intuitive person. So finding this energetic input output balance is really what works for me. So for example, if I spend my morning checking emails, answering all the things, uh, returning all those calls, that's, you know, me outputting. I'm kind of input output, actually. Like I suppose it depends on which it is, um, whether I'm like consuming and reading all of these. Usually it's a little bit of both. Um, maybe it feels more like an input. If I'm taking the time to think, it feels more like an input. I hate, <laughs> I hate checking emails. I'm trying really hard to like get in the habit of it, which is maybe why I felt a little funky this week. But where I'm reading all this information from other people, you know, they're like, hey, we want to be on the blog or hey, we want to be on your podcast. Or so I'm having to read all of this information about a different person or having to read all of these things that this person wants to do or this person wants to interview me and I have to read all these things. It becomes to be so much. I go through the process. I check my email and then I will go take a walk. Like after I'm done recording this, I'm going to finish checking emails and then I'm taking a nice long walk because that's my way of balancing. It's kind of helping me return back to neutral. Um, and whether it's like an input of emails and then just an output of that energy, just kind of letting it go back out, moving my body so that that input doesn't get stuck in my muscles where it's tense and uncomfortable. Plus breathing in the fresh air, sunshine, it's just all around an amazing experience. Doing outdoor walks has been a game changer for my whole life. When I learned about hot girl walks this summer, I've started adapting them and they have helped me regulate so much. And I think that's such a big thing to think of. You know, so often I've done this, I'm sure you've done this, where someone's like, you should take a daily walk. Taking a walk is good for you. It's good for your mental health. It's healthy, it's better. And you're like, if it, when it feels like one more thing added to your to-do list, like, oh, I have to take my walk because it's good for me. 
we don't want to walk. Right. But for me, I'm like, when I just know, like, this will help me create balance. I'm going to feel better when I come back. I can, I just go do it, which I think that can kind of sound like the same thing, but for some reason, when it's not like a forced added to my to-do list and it's just something that I do for myself because I know it makes me feel better, it's so much easier to do it. And maybe for you, that's like dancing. Like you're like, I'm going to turn on some black eyed peas and just jam out in my living room for one song just to kind of get out some of the energetic expression. I do that. So I've, my mom got me a karaoke machine for Christmas and holy moly, have I been taking full advantage of that thing? I should like share this somewhere with you guys because it's a Bluetooth one so you can connect it to YouTube. So I can, I can literally YouTube any karaoke song I want and it plays through the speaker and I can sing along to anything. Uh, and this is so healing for me specifically. I think it's my, it's my output. It's my creative expression. It's me getting all that energy out. Um, and literally working to use my voice. So I love doing it before I record podcasts a lot of times because it helps me practice using my voice. Um, it's, it's been amazing. So taking a walk, doing karaoke, doing a dance, whatever it might be. And then it also looks like, like I said, if I record a podcast, that's me outputting. I am outputting right now. And I could go take a walk after this that, you know, I swear to God that works for either one. It just creates so much balance no matter what scale I am tipping. But a lot of times after a podcast, when I'm done recording, I like shut everything down and I go make myself a cup of tea and I will just sit with my cup of tea. Um, Even if I kind of maybe like wander and do a few things around the house, um, it kind of helps re-slow me down. And this is a Zen practice. I can't remember if it's a Buddhist practice or not, Um, but just, and it works so great with that slow living of being present with your tea. And just sipping it slowly and paying attention to every sip, the feel, the warmth of the cup on your hands, um, watching the steam kind of rise up, just sipping a cup of tea can be such a Zen experience. Like I said, this is something that I can't think of now that I'm talking about it. Um, but this is a practice that has been taught and it really helps me kind of come back to a neutral, a neutral place. You know, I don't go immediately from output to input. Like, it's not like I record a podcast and then I consume TikTok like crazy. I could do that, but that usually makes me feel a little too overwhelmed, you know? So when I've done doing the output, I know that what works for me is to withdraw and spend a little time down. So rather than outputting all week and then wanting to shut down the entire next week, I try to create this balance in the day. I give it like 20, 30 minutes of output, five minutes of just quiet, you know, I guess it could be input because I'm just feeding my soul. It's like, you know, I'm literally inputting tea. I'm drinking my tea and I'm slowing it down um, and it helps me return to neutral. And the last example I wrote is like when I help the kids with homework, I hate homework. I used to homeschool you guys. And a big part of the reason why I homeschooled was because I do not like operating on a school schedule. It drives me crazy. So I used to throw like mini tantrums when the kids would have homework, I'm like, I don't want to do this. Oh, like I already have to do homework for so many years. I don't want to help you guys. I hated it. And I was like, okay, you're being such a baby. You're really not setting a good example. That's for damn sure. So I was like, okay, like I need to find a way to not hate this. Um, so it was kind of like having to take those few deep breaths 
and know that it was going to be an input experience. I was going to have to learn to do the math. I was going to have to learn to understand something in order to help my children understand it. Because as a homeschool mom, I loved helping them understand things. I helped, I loved learning with them. I don't always love learning on someone else's schedule or, you know, timetable or whatever, but I worked to manage it. And then after I do that, we're like, we're okay, we're done with homework. Yeah. Oh, nothing makes me happier. They're done with their homework. And then I'm like, I'm going to go sit in my room and I'm going to read just a thriller. Like I love my nonfiction, my fiction books. I used to consume nonfiction so much, but then I didn't realize I was getting to that point where I was taking in too much, where fiction books kind of feel like a neutral. They feel like finding that neutral. So maybe that's the key of what I'm getting at. It's not necessarily giving out and then putting in and giving out and then putting in. It's giving out and then coming back to neutral and then giving in and coming back to neutral rather than that giant overcompensation. But I really have been wanting to share this with you guys today because it's been so helpful to me because I can start to go like this week has been input, not even this week. Like it's been a few weeks of me just in constant input mode. And I thought it was good for me. You know, I thought I was getting a lot of stuff done. I was doing the work I needed to do, but I realized I need to output. And for me, that means creating content. You know, I need to share these podcasts. I need to start recording. I need to create something. I need to give back to the world. And that's kind of what it is. You know, um, we take all of this information in maybe that other people have created and what are we giving back out? But I know this is going to look different for all of us because we all operate differently. So it's almost like what gives you the energy and what takes your energy and figuring figuring out which of those it is and then how to create that neutral balance between both. Having this shift, this input-output idea, this energetic input versus output has helped me wake up every day going, what do I need the most right now? Am I feeling like I'm in input mode or am I feeling like I need to be in output mode? Where am I? And then acting accordingly, right? I hope this helps. I hope I don't sound like a total crazy person. Um, I just have really been wanting to share this with you because I think this is a new way of looking at how we show up for ourselves every day and how we can work to maintain this neutral sense of peace and calm, even if, you know, things are, are chaotic for us. There are days that are going to be chaotic, but I used to be someone who just swept up into the chaos and I just continued the chaos and it would spiral out of control and, you know, never stop. So like even this morning, for example, I went to check my emails, bless my podcast editors. I got an email and they were like, you still don't have an episode ready. And I don't know where I fell through the cracks, but my intention was to start this morning slow. And I immediately had to get up, get going, get this recorded. Um, And now I'm like recording it on video. So I had to get all the video set up. I have to get my face put together so I don't look too tired um, in the videos. But I... Instead of getting totally swept up in the chaos, I took in the email, went in, like did my ice face. I've been like putting ice on my face every morning when I can um, and just allowed myself that minute to, I suppose, like slow down or input, you know, taking in the cold so that I could come sit down and output for you guys in a really healthy way. So 
my hope is that this relates to someone out there, that some of you out there, whether you're creatives or not, or whether um, you're just feeling that constant busy and you want a new way to try to maintain balance. I hope this idea of energetic input versus output um, shifts your perspective a little so that you can start giving yourself the love that you deserve every single day um, and recognizing when you're kind of tipping those scales. Hey again, thanks so much for hanging out with me today on the Unstuffed Podcast. It means so much that you chose to carve out some of your precious time just to hang out with me. If you aren't quite ready for our time to end, head to the show notes where you can grab my free declutter checklist, join my newsletter subscription, and connect with me on some of your favorite social platforms. Sending you so much love. Until next time.